Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Millennium Live podcast. I'm your host, Connor Tui. I am happy to be continuing the series with the great partnerships that we have at Millennium. I'm here with a great partner at the forefront of amazing digital customer experiences. It's right here where it starts. I'm talking with Brian McIntosh. He's the Chief Consulting Officer at BlastX Consulting. Brian, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you back and to talk more customer experiences. Thanks, Connor. Great to be back. I think we we talked about almost six months ago and been to some events and have also had some interesting stories from our customers as we move down this path. It'll be fun to share today. So thanks for having me. Of course. I'm looking forward to this. I, I know I, I feel like when we last spoke, we couldn't wait to uh, do a part two to our first episode. So I'm glad, glad we finally made it. We're quickly approaching Q4 of 2023, and there's a lot to talk about in the retail space. This episode is more about unifying customer data for excellent retail customer experiences. And I want to jump in right into the uh, the thick of it, about the ever-changing consumerism and consumerization of retail. It's bringing new expectations from customers. And really, to start off, Brian, I want to ask you, in your opinion, what do digitally empowered customers expect from brands that they engage with? Yeah, everybody wants to have that Amazon-like experience where everything's personalized and everything's 24-7. And I, you know, I know there's a lot of where's retail headed and there's some concern, but I think retail is an exciting industry to be in right now. You know, shopping's not a singular activity anymore. It's not a particular destination. It's kind of an always-on integrated into my daily life. I mean, we're scrolling social posts and getting hit with ads that we go buy things retail. We're getting IMs. We're getting all kinds of opportunities, I guess, both good and bad to, 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 to buy things. But from a retailer's perspective, that's exciting, right? You've got the largest shopping mall in people's pockets. And I think that means they can purchase anytime, anywhere. I think that as more tools become available to help retailers access customers, I think data is an important part of that equation, which we'll talk about today. And that customers really prioritize and think about your own personal life of how you like to engage with brands. You know, exceptional customer experience. You'll go somewhere else if you don't get it. And having this 24-7 experience means you have to be on 24-7 to provide that experience. And I think data is an important component to that. I just read recently, I think there's a lot of studies out there, but there was one that said, you know, 80% of consumers think that in order for me to make a retail purchase, brands and retailers have to understand the real me. So if you pause for a minute and say the real me, what does that mean? How do we talk about that? And how do we get to that real me? Yeah, I mean, you bring up a couple of great points and shopping isn't, you know, a nine to five thing and it's 24 seven, as you mentioned, and it's always available. So with that being said, that customer experience is long, is no longer just a nice thing to have. It's it's really going to be the differentiator between perhaps purchasing between one brand and another. I mean, especially in retail. Brian, what are good retail brands that you're seeing out there doing to distinguish their customer's experience from another? Yeah, it goes back to that. If you understand me, the real me, it means that they have to deliver on the promise of personalization. And we've been talking about personalization for a while, but you know, is it big P or little P? And so, you know, if I think of little P, I think that I'm blasting out an email to you based on something you browse, but I don't really call you by name. I don't remember you. I don't know your demographic. It's really about the big P, which is delivering on that promise of personalization by personalizing it, giving you what you ask for, what you are looking for. And I'll use a good example with a, a, a retailer I worked with 
in fashion apparel and outdoor apparel. And, you know, they have the same, they have two different customers going for the same, let's call it winter jacket. But one customer wants to understand all the technical acumen of that weather, of that winter jacket, because they want to be able to go skiing and hiking in the winter and know that it's going to hold up. Others just want to look great. So what are the right colors? And so I have two very different customers buying something similar. But if I don't know them on a personalized level, I don't understand the real me. I can't really deliver on that. And so brands that understand that and get that, they deliver on that promise. And they they, they think about what is the expert service that goes with that? What is the content they need? Do we have always on available inventory, right? Can I actually get that jacket if I put it in the shopping cart? And then, you know, how do I do cross-channel shopping? So if I understand a customer's journey, I can personalize it to that differentiated shopping experience and really feel like it's authentic. And again, it's easier said than done. I get that. But if you think of data as a cornerstone, and, and we'll talk about that more, that's to me is how good brands are differentiating that experience. Yeah, I want to jump into that a bit because it's important, specifically in retail, you know, starting at the very forefront from that first click all the way to the product itself and how quickly it gets to the consumer. It's all going to be very important because every retail transaction is a one-to-one customer interaction. Right. But enabling that customer-centric engagement across all shopping touch points requires more than just transaction capabilities. So I'm sure you've seen this a lot. You're touching on it just now. What are you seeing with savvy retailers and what are they doing to really bridge this gap? Yeah, it's about the data intelligence. I rarely walk into a client of mine that says, oh, we don't have enough data or we haven't collected the data. But data in itself is is nothing without insights and intelligence to that data. So it's, are you able to translate the data into insights and intelligence that help inform a different experience? I'll have customers say, well, if you just give me this data or this kind of report, it'll be great. And I say, well, what are you going to do different with it if I give that to you? And, and how are you going to make different decisions about that experience? So I think the tools and the data need to be inter, you know, integrated so that you have intelligence. And then understanding also kind of a step back and saying, what is the, going back to what is the journey, right? What's the consumer first retail journey look like? And I think you have to be willing to look at both qualitative and quantitative data, go out and do, you know, focus groups to go out and do intercept studies, go out and do surveys, and then take the data you have and marry those two together. And so I think that, you know, retailers that understand how to put those two together are really fulfilling that promise of personalization, unlocking unlocking data silos. Here's another good example. I go into a retailer and and I'll talk to to groups and they'll say, well, we only own the e-commerce channel. So we really only care about what happens in the e-commerce channel and the customer data we have there and how we're serving it up. And then the physical store team says, well, we only care about the physical store and the customers that come into there. And then you have the call center. And I, and I, I asked them, you know, why is that, right? You, you need to be cross-functional. It's a team sport to personalize a customer experience so they don't care what channel uh, you serve on the back end. They want to have that similar experience, which means we got to break down not only the silos, but the data that lives in those silos and start to share data so that whatever happens in store happens online and we have a complete picture of that customer. Retailers that get that are bridging the gap and having success. Brian, last time we spoke on the podcast, you know, we were talking a lot about trust and brand loyalty and buzzwords, but they are at the cornerstone of, of brands. So to your point, to understand and build relationships with these new consumers, retailers really need to leverage data-driven insights uh, yeah. for, for informed future decision-making. So 
what are some of the ways that, that you are seeing retail clients use that data to build customer relationships? Yeah, so using the data, and again, using the data and drawing the insights, I want to emphasize insights, the important part of that, which is taking what's out of the data and turning it into something. But you know, how do you how do you understand from the back-end operations that serve the front-end operations that that customer data is helping build relationships and building trust, which you mentioned and we touched on it before. I, I think of data as a currency. If I'm a customer, I'll give you my data if you give me something in return of value, right? And you protect it. And I use this, this kind of buzz word that I've been using, buzz words I should say I've been using with a lot of customers, which is you need to know me you need to understand me and you need to remember me. And those are very distinct things. And I think if you want to build a relationship with the customer, it's one thing to, to kind of know who they are. I know that you're Connor. I know you live here. I know you bought this, but what do I want to understand about Connor? And I actually be able to say, I understand you as a person and I'm going to serve up the right content and then remember me. This is the other big piece of leveraging data to build customer relationships. How many times do you have to re-enter information three times or tell your story to a call center three times before they get your retail order correctly or whatever it is you're dealing with because they don't remember you because it goes back to that data silo. So break down the data silos, know me, understand me and remember me and protect my data. And you'll build a very rich relationship with your customers that really gets into lifetime value, which is really what most retailers are after. You hit the nail on the head there, Brian. You know, as, as customers share more data and information from various sources, they're expecting more personalized and meaningful offers from retailers. I've got a couple of great follow-ups with that. You know, what are retailers doing to use that customer data responsibly and provide customized experiences with that data? What data is needed? And lastly, how do you know if you have enough data about your customers to really offer that differentiated, personalized experience? Yeah, good question. So I want to start with just talking a little bit about the types of data that I see most often. And data is changing because we're moving into a cookie-less world, but we can still say that first-party data is the most valuable data that you have on your customers. It's it's what you own about them that they've either given to you or you've collected with their permission. And so first-party data is rich, valuable data that you need to protect and honor. And that is, again, what I think is the most important piece of data. And when we say how much is needed, well, it depends on what you're trying to build from a business outcome with your customers, which gets into strategy. But it, essentially, that first-party data is what you want. Second-party data, changing a little bit in the world because it's you know data that's really somebody else's first-party data that you acquire from a trusted partner. Think of this as cross-store, cross-products, complementary products where we're sharing data in a legal way. Again, good data, but it's still not as good as first-party data. Third-party data is an aggregated piece of data that you can buy. Some of it comes from cookie lists. It's really kind of going away. But I think one of the things I'm seeing a lot with um, customers is this concept of zero-party data, which is moving to what I'll call intent data without asking for it. Customers get tired of um, going to a website and having a big preference center pop up where they have to fill out a lot of information. They just want to shop. What if I could use data that I'm collecting, probably most retailers are collecting today, about a customer with intent. And I'll give you an example. We have a, a, a company that we work with. It's a, a running shoe company, right? And if I'm going to the website and I'm starting to browse certain things and I'm monitoring behavior, I can start to look at that data and say, well, Brian just browsed athletic shoes for outdoor running. So now I've intentionally given that company information about me, which is I'm looking for outdoor running shoes 
on the trail, I can begin to serve up content without ever asking anything from them that would benefit their experience and build that relationship with them. And now I've collected a new piece of data. I've done it, you know, without any kind of intrusive way. I've done it, you know, you know, protecting their data because it's not necessarily personalized data, but I can start to build these profiles. And so I don't know uh, if you've heard the concept of zero-party data, it's something we're working with our clients to help develop. We're seeing it more and more. And so when you say what data is needed, I would say first-party data is certainly what's needed. Zero-party data is another form of first-party data you can begin to collect through intent and really build amazing profiles and help differentiate that experience. It's one of the, the biggest things I've seen in the last probably six months. And I've, I've been to a couple of conferences where I've, I've spoken about this and customers have looked at me and said, wow, we didn't know about that. That's exciting. Come tell us more about how we can collect zero-party data. Does that help a little bit, Connor, in terms of how that, what we're seeing in the space of retail and, and using data to differentiate experiences? Absolutely. And that's very interesting too. And, you know, keep, uh, keep coming to the Millennium Alliance conferences uh, and, and providing <laughs> that knowledge to our members. You know, I, I have a couple more questions for you, Brian. Yeah. I, I want to talk about, you know, making these personalized experiences are great and they're very important to discuss. You know, something that I want to talk about is, you know, retaining the customers mm. and brand loyalty. And, you know, we have to address that because keeping and acquiring the right customers is is more invaluable to brands than ever before, probably right now. With your experience, what, you know, what are you seeing retail brands and these and these these better brands that are doing it right? How are they avoiding customer turnover? Great question. And there's a lot of customers have more choices. It's more commoditized. So the experience is the differentiator. I would say a lot of clients we work with think about creating what I'll call high value scenarios and how does data fulfill that and how does data you know, help influence and make decisions around that. So let's talk about churn prevention, for example. If you're looking at the data correctly, if you're, if you're taking the data and translating it into insights, you should actually have a, big, a, a pretty good idea of who's about to churn, right? You have a prediction model that says I, this customer is about to churn based on the data and the behavior. So how do I prevent that? Well, I, I you know, Give them a compelling reason to stay. We serve them the right message and the right products and we serve it at the right time. And we get back to that personalization of know me, understand me, and you know, remember me. So that's one way. The other, the other way is call it, you know, cultivating the, the highest level customer values you have. So if we're doing a good job at looking at customer data and we're really spending time analyzing it, we're going to know who our high value customers are as well. Let's treat them different. Let's know that they have higher expectations and that we have high customer lifetime value on those. So let's give them special offers and perks. Let's give them that value exchange, something more that creates loyalty. Let's, you know, personalize the experience even more than we have before. And again, this should shine through the data if you're looking at it. So we have churn prevention. We have high value creation through some cultivating experiences. And then we know there's also folks that come and browse and don't give us all the information. They're kind of what I'll call one and done people, right? How do we convert them and understand that we want to make them high value. And we do that by also looking at the data and then create some high value welcoming messages to them. Again, create some opportunities and incentives to bring them along. So there's a lot of ways to avoid turnover and maintain high customer value. And the way is to again, go back to the data, right? Unify your customer data, look at the insights and what are the signals and the behaviors that'll help tell you where you need to go? 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. I want to ask you one more question. Yeah, of course. We might have covered something like this last time we we had our chat, but um, you know, you have over twenty years of, of great experience in CX and digital strategy, helping these brands move forward and evolving their customer digital experiences and making sure that brands really understand the full the full customer journey. So looking towards the future, what do you think brands really need to focus on and keep focusing on to enhance this roadmap that we're on and and really continue to make the customer experience top of mind? One of the things I think that's important that gets lost is we create very good customer strategies, even good data strategies at the highest level, but sometimes it fails in execution. And the way to avoid that is to ensure that we also have good employee experiences. So the people that are on the front lines, whether they're in a storefront or they're behind a computer serving up content, what kind of experience have we provided our employees to fulfill on our mission of good customer experience? And so I like to think that Good customer experience is also about good employee experience and giving them the tools, the authority, all the things they need that can fulfill it. Because how many times have we seen an ad, we've seen something pop up and it seems like a great experience and then we go and try to live it and it fails because the people on the end trying to execute it don't don't have the right training or they're not empowered. So I would say the biggest thing is focus on employee experience as part of that equation so that they know how to deliver good customer experiences and they feel a part of that, that they own the customer, not just some grandiose strategy that can't be tactically executed. Well said, Brian. Uh, thank you so much for for joining the Millennium Live podcast again. It, it's really great to chat with you. And thank you to our listeners who continue to support and listen to Millennium Live. And I always love talking about retail because it's it's an exciting time uh, for, for retail and that digital experience especially um, talking with a great company like Blastex, helping lead brands to help them create and maintain superior digital experiences that are really heightening customer activation, that engagement and that loyalty that everyone's looking for. We do have a great customer experience transformation and retail innovation assembly coming up this fall, October 3rd and 4th, Miami, I believe. And we do have another one in October as well, October 3rd and 4th. We'll be there. So please come see us. <laughs> so they will, uh, BlastX is there. Brian, once again, let's, let's, uh, let's catch up in, uh, in another six months and have a part three. I love it. Thanks so much, Connor. Appreciate your time.